and welcome to episode 11 of Total Pop Mode. My name is Will, and I also go by Hoodafunk, and I'm joined here once again and always by my good friend, podcast host, and fellow gaming enthusiast, James. What's going on, you voluptuous vampiric voles? Um, so before we start, I can't help but notice that you brought a friend with you to the pod this week? Oh yeah, uh, uh, oh, well, this is my new friend who I mentioned last week on the pods. He's been helping me with my... <laughs> it's cool, buddy. Chill. Sorry. Go on, James. Um, okay. It's uh, a bit weird there. What problem's that? What problem? What do you mean, what problem? My thumb, man. You know, the possessed f***ing appendage that I now have to deal with on a daily basis. It's pretty hurtful that this isn't a little higher on your priority of things to remember. Mm. Oh, did, my bad, man. I, mean, I, I didn't think it was... A huge deal. I I thought you might have come to accept your new pal by now. Oh, what the f*** was that? Oh, uh, yeah, he says that the farm definitely shouldn't be called a pal. You can understand this guy? Eh, I picked up a few words after we had those drinks a few weeks ago. Right, okay then. What does he mean when he said it shouldn't be called a pal? Yeah, yeah, buddy, it's all good. I got this. Well, James, it's more of a kind of... Evil spirit. My new buddy here may have been a little tipsy when he performed the procedure last week. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, that much is obvious. And he might have accidentally let something slip in during the process. And what exactly do you mean by something? sake, shut up, will you? I can't understand a word you're saying. It's cool, man, chill. He's just a little jealous of our new thing. Whatever, man. Anyway, I'm not sure what it actually is. Something about an evil force corrupting and consuming everything good. You know, pretty standard, uninspired writer-type stuff. I mean, I, I have no idea what you mean, man. Gotta say, though, I'm disappointed that this has bled over. I'm kind of bummed you decided to drag this one out. Drag this one out? <gasps> but, you know, now there's talk of evil forces and dark overcoming good, and, you know... That all sounds pretty metal, actually. It's kind of cool. Oh, you want to hear metal? Check out what the thumb's been up to in the meantime. Oh, I kind of dig that. I know, man. I know. It is pretty badass. But my guy here gets upset if we talk about it too positively, you know? Right. Well, I mean, if this thing really is a force of evil or something, I imagine it's probably best if we, I don't know, deal with the problem directly. Oh, no way, man. I don't want to have to learn how to use a special controller. It's my good gaming hand, man. Anyways, this thing must have an aimbot in it or something, because I have been clearing house lately. Okay, okay, you know, priorities, I get it, I get it. Is it possible to actually, I don't know, exercise it or something? I don't know, man. I've been winning all kinds of matches in Splitgate with this thing. Well, that may be true, but we can't just continue the podcast with you with a possessed thumb and a crazy shame and brayer in the background. Oh. I just can't do it, man. I just, you know, oh, man. I'm sorry, but there's just some lines that I won't cross. Oh, I'm sorry. Come on, man. And besides, mate, you sounded well up for the whole exorcism thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Okay, shame and bro. What do we need to do? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
All right, cool, cool. Got it. That doesn't sound too bad. Wait, you can understand him too now? Uh, it's, it's really not that hard once you've listened to it for a little bit, you know? Anyways, I think we can probably scrounge most of this stuff from where we are now. Let's go. Let's gather yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Right. Some soul candles. Sage. Blood of a virgin. Blood of a virgin? Ooh. <laughs> Couple spiders. Garlic. Yep. Got all those. Okay, man. I think we're all good to go. Sweet. Should we? Just, let's do this. Shall we begin? Let's do it, man. Okay. Uh, did we just read this? Okay. Right. <laughs> Evil spirit. Wow. I mean, is that even meant to work? Is that possible? Huh. I guess shamans have moved with the times a little. No shit. Well, I mean, it's clearly dead now. On with the show? On with the show. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. This is kind of awkward. Now that my thumb's not possessed, I really feel like I don't need a shaman buddy. <gasps> I mean, it's kind of a bad look. All the dead animals you carry around and stuff. Basically, unintelligible speech. And we only have two mics. You know, mic sharing on a podcast isn't really ideal. And let's be honest, Free's kind of a crowd. I think it's time we parted ways, buddy. No hard feelings. Don't worry. You know the way out. Yeah, nice meeting you, man. Hey, before you go, though, you, you, you got a card or anything like that? Nice one, fella. Get kiss here. Nice, nice. Well, that was uh, interesting. Anyway, uh, on with the show for reels this time? On with the show, bro. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pod Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcasts on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. Or you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And you can find me on Twitter at MrBames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash MrBames underscore TPM. With that said, James, how about we have a bit of a catch up? Okay, James, uh, as you well know, I've been busy with your challenge this week, so why don't you kick us off with what you've been playing this week? Not a problem, man. I actually, for once, didn't have a flitty week this week. Oh, you've actually had some a dedicated gamer session. I was locked in. I was focused. I've made a little list. I say a little list. I've made a list of games that I've started and haven't finished. And the goal is to get through those uh, before buying new games, really. But uh, I'm about to completely contradict myself in a sec. But I love the backlogs. I like it. Yes. I like it. It sounds good. One of the games that was on the list that I've been meaning to finish again, because I have finished this game previously, is a game called Greedfall. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, we've talked about this a little bit before. So Greedfall is another game by Spiders, who I've um, said in previous episodes that 
massive fan of these guys they, they make great rpgs in my opinion and this one is one of their better ones uh, it's essentially a game about colonialization you play a prince in the merchant con- congregation okay okay um and you and your allies are from the old world in inverted commas mm. and uh basically you're setting sail to colonize new islands and you know set up new camps expand your influence as it okay. were so for a bit of context this is set in 1800e type times you know so we're talking wooden boats they've got guns but it's swords and locks and muskets and things yeah it's it's that sort of deal it's those old school elegant pistols that they sort of load like that yeah yeah and then they do have rifles and muskets and things like that but obviously it's not quite as much of a faff as having to hold up the thing pour gunpowder in and stuff it down but it's that sort of fair you know cannons colonial sort of pirates that sort of vibe right okay and uh you know there's four or five different factions and you have to try you basically your job is to try and keep everyone on side try and make everyone get along whilst also ingratiating yourselves to the natives of the island that you go to um of course you can go either way you can sort of favor one faction over another you can hate you can be hateful to everyone you can just completely decimate the natives if you want you know there's a lot of options out there is there a sort of morality system uh, implemented or is it mostly just sort of allegiances between the factions it's more just allegiances between the factions you don't get like negative right. points like you would in mass effect for example for the renegade and paragon system it's more this faction is now friendly with you because you did this or no you've lost minus six influence with this faction because you did this and of course uh, you do get companions as well and your actions will impact their their influence on you as well are they allied to the different factions or are they just more kind of you know they'll just have a certain opinion on the way you do things similar to fallout companions so it's both but it's mainly allied to the factions so you get a native that comes with you you get one of the factions is uh very religious they're quite zealoty okay um, well some okay. of them are the extreme ones anyway so you get um a sort of a priest type i guess it's not quite as cut and dry as that, but that sort of thing. Battle monk. Well, yeah, well, because basically the factions are, there's, um, in very, very simple terms, you've got sailors, they're called the noughts, and they're the ones that just carry you everywhere. So you get one of them. Mm. You've got the natives, who are sort of tribally, very much in tune with the earth and nature and all that stuff, and they worship a god on the island, which is a major part of the storyline. I wonder if that's where our shaman bro came from. Maybe. Could well be. Yeah, so you've got the, the natives, then you get um, the religious types, like I said, then obviously in contrast to that is the science lovers mm, uh, yeah right, so yeah, yeah you yeah. get you get one of those and then the final one is um the coin guard they're called which is just like guards bounty hunters mercenaries for hire that sort of deal your first companion in fact is a guard from the coin guards because he's sort of looked after you and your cousin um whilst you were growing up he was like he's like your bodyguard right okay okay so yeah and then you go to the island uh, your cousin who i just mentioned there is the leader of the new settlement that you you found and uh, a bunch of shenanigans go on from there people want power get maddened by the power and some stuff goes down and uh, <laughs> you know a whole bunch of fights and intrigue and cool storytelling later you get to the end of the game so yeah it's been good fun man the, the combat system's pretty good I was just about to ask it's one thing that uh, we haven't talked about yet is kind of what does the gameplay consist of it's sort of standard fair open world combat not quite hack and slash although there isn't stamina on your swing so so I guess you could call it hack and slash, but it's somewhere between that and a souls in the sense of you can dodge, you can roll out the way, but I think you have to unlock okay. it. It's not yeah. native. I think you have to unlock the perks for it and then you get that. 
otherwise you just have a quick step but yeah, it's real time but you do have a combat pause so you can take items and stuff in the middle or you can use a certain ability a certain spell or whatever very satisfying i guess you I guess the nearest thing is probably the witcher right would you say they're quite comparable games no. or same sort of ballpark they're both rpgs right but they're they're very different in terms of scale budget how long did it take you to complete this then uh, i don't know off the top of my, in total 40 hours 40 something like that just over all right Decent length to a game yeah. then as well. That's pretty good. And that was with everything, including the relatively new DLC that came out for it. It only came out June last year, I think, and the game itself came out, I want to say, 2019. Right. So a right. little bit of time yeah. waiting for that. It might have been a bit later than 2019, actually. I really don't remember when it came out. Got that done. I'm pleased to say I actually beat the final boss twice because two achievements had to be done. That, that's just what I do. One game off the list already, another 24 to go or whatever. <laughs> Is that the actual count? Well, it's actually now 25, I think, because oh, the right. other game that I've played this week was a frivolous purchase once more, but damn it, it was £10 off, so I thought, f*** it, may as well. What'd you get? I bought myself God of War on the PC. Ah, nice, man. So, oh, I'm excited for you to pick this up and give this a play. This is, uh, you know, a big, big uh, favourite of mine coming from, I think it was 2018, the year it was, it was released, yeah. 2018. Yeah. So enjoy man you're gonna have a blast with this what are your first impressions well i'm about four hours in oh okay okay you've made a bit more progress than i thought you might uh, yeah well what you failed to mention to me is that i wouldn't be able to put it down uh yeah. so <laughs> yeah it's a side effect of playing that game it is pretty f***ing amazing and as i say just envious of your uh first time experience of this yeah no so it's so far so good i mean obviously i haven't got too far i've just uh i've just met the the first dwarf he upgraded my axe a little bit and then i've cracked on a little bit from there i can't remember exactly how far but yeah so far so good a lot of puzzles which i wasn't i wasn't expecting to be quite so many yeah it's uh it's kind of a staple of the franchise really is uh yeah a mix of combat and puzzles well i never played any of the original three so, so yeah I did, I, yeah you know. it's not something that advertises or comes up you know particularly heavily when people talk about the game the dynamic between him and boy is pretty cool uh Artrius or Atreus the boy 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 oh no that's what I've just done I've literally sorry that's what I've just done I've just met the witch ah we saved the pig okay right or a boar but it's yes, actually a human yeah. or some, well, something I don't know you say you say you, you shot the pig and then, and then saved it. she was then like oh don't shoot the pig and then I can't believe you've done this and then she kind of saved the pig <laughs> But no, so very good so far. Um, as I say, there are a lot of puzzles, but they're not annoying. They're they're sort of quite nice. It's um, you know, find runes, destroy runes, work out where you've got to freeze things to make door A open, and you know, there's some cool things going on. The combat seems really good. I haven't got too into it yet, but the parry system's lovely. Mm, the mm. dodging is lovely too. Adding a quick step, uh, as well as the role that's always been in the games, was a really, really nice choice by the team. And when you get the timing of that quick step down just right, there's very little that can hit you, even with that. Rolling is kind of optional. The quick step seems to be the best thing for most situations. Yeah, I agree. The roll is more to like get out of the way of an AoE. Yeah, yeah. Probably shouldn't go into it too much more detail than I have, because it's new, it's exciting, I don't want to know anything. But uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy playing that over the next however many hours hours that will be because i imagine it's going to be a very big game absolutely have fun buddy i'm looking forward to hearing you talk about it as the weeks go by yeah how about you man apart from the challenge what have you been up to well so other than uh, sinking quite a few hours into remnant this week 
I also dabbled just a tiny bit more with the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 campaign. Um, so at risk of making this sound a little bit too much like a news item, I might as well very quickly announce that today, being the 28th of October, Call of Duty multiplayer released today. If you were to pre-order the game, you were allowed to sort of access the campaign a week early, which is something we talked a little bit about last week, and I had a chance to get some sort of very initial impressions there. Uh, I've been able to play it a little bit more since then, and I've got to say, I've been having a quite a good time uh, over the last couple days, sort of putting a little bit of time into that. Uh, I actually started the game again <laughs> because I just felt that, as we talked a little bit about last week, I wasn't really in the right state of mind to take anything in. I was pretty tired and fed up with the, the fact that it had taken so long to get into, which is still a problem, I'm going to say. I've got to say, today when I booted it, I had to restart the game three times today before it would let me play the game. One was due to something to do with my Activision account, one thing was to do with some sort of update that it required to do, and the other thing was, again, some sort of Activision error sort of thing that made me need to reset again, and it was something to do with the UI or something. So three times today, I had to reset it, and then you have to sit there and you have to wait for it to connect to servers, and you have to wait for it to render the shaders. Nice to see that the Call of Duty money has been put to good use, as always. It's <laughs> bullshit, man. Like, it Warzone's still broken, and that game's been out for f***ing ages. Well, forget Warzone, man. Warzone 2.0 is on the way. But, uh, you know, so that said, uh, I don't want to focus too much on the uh, the online or Call of Duty aspect of things, because I'm planning on spending a bit of time tonight playing that, Ooh. so very much looking forward to playing that tonight. However, uh, so earlier today and yesterday, I was playing a little bit of Modern Warfare 2 campaign. I've been enjoying myself. Uh, we moved on a little bit from working our way through Amsterdam. I finally managed to get my shit together and uh, abduct a, a terrorist suspect or some sort of drug cartel suspect uh, and get him under the leash and sort of abduct him from the street using spy shit. Um, that was kind of cool. When you say spy shit, what do you mean by spy shit? Uh, so I had some sort of tube thing that essentially had a tranquilizer in it and I had to like go around sort of knocking people now out. Now that sounds like the shaman right there. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, I needed to, uh, they gave me like a decoy grenade that I needed to chuck into a dumpster to lure some guys down an alleyway to knock them out and then we ended up sort of abducting some on the street but by that point you've caused a bit of a ruckus so, you know, some more guys run in. So once you've abducted the guy, uh, you take him away, load him into a car and escape. The next mission then you follow up you're trying to kind of capture a terrorist who is essentially kind of taking the place of someone else that was taken out by your special forces guys at the very beginning of the game you're kind of seeing some sort of arms deal going down and you blow up a dude and then the kind of the game follows on from the aftermath of that action where you know there's he has a successor uh he's rallying the people again and uh causing more global problems the next mission following the Amsterdam Street mission, where you have to do the spy stuff and abduct someone, you follow a person who is working for some sort of Mexican task group patrolling the US border and is looking for this terrorist that has succeeded the guy that you killed at the start of the game. And you kind of go on a hunt for him, you infiltrate a few buildings, and then eventually you team up with some other guys and just keep on the hunt. Long story short, you still don't capture him. Shortly after, you do a follow-up mission where you're kind of flying uh, an AC-130, or something very similar to that, at least, some air support. Is that So is an AC-130 a bomber plane then, or something? Yeah, pretty much, just like a, a really high altitude bomber slash heavy 
heavy cannon. So one thing I will say though is, you know, I just described that moment. That's been the kind of only real memorable set piece that I think so far. A lot of this stuff has been quite a different feel to perhaps some of the more bombastic stuff that was happening in Modern Warfare 2. Is this not Modern Warfare 2 or am I getting confused? Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I, I should have clarified. I meant the original Modern Warfare 2. Right. <laughs> this all confuses me because I was never, I'd never played that many COD games, so I don't get it. I know there's modern, so how many, there's Modern Warfare original, two original, is there a three original? One, two, there's, yeah, there's And then a there's the Modern yeah. Warfare remake that came out two years ago. Well, not uh, a remake, it's that, best three. Modern Warfare again. And then this is Modern Warfare 2 again. Again, right, cool. yeah. Cool, I'm with you now. Yeah. So, unlike its predecessor, which i got to say is a little bit of a surprise, there aren't all that many set pieces and sort of cool action moments that I've seen so far. Um, You know, I should caveat that with saying that I think I'm only on about the fifth or sixth mission, so, you know, I'm not sure what the, the total amount of missions in the game are. You know, I've been having a good time with it. The missions do present some interesting situations, lots of... Uh, civilian situations where you have to kind of hold your fire a little bit. You know, that said, there also are the kind of the guns free style missions as well. But anyway, I had a fun time, uh, you know, with my sort of limited experience and time playing this game this week, uh, obviously with the challenge being the priority. But uh, yes, I'm very much looking forward to getting into the multiplayer a bit later on tonight. No, I hope it's good, man, because uh, multiplayer is, you know, that's what cod's bread and butter is right so you'd hope that that is at least on point then we look forward to seeing warzone 2 when that comes out and uh we'll see what happens i'll probably end up jumping into that for a little bit but battle royale is not my thing as we've already sort of agreed so not agreed as we've already established yeah. so i'm sure i'll get peer pressured into it though shouts to george and charlie <laughs> I'll be I'll be nudging you as well. I think after I've had a bit of time with getting some hands-on on the actual multiplayer, it won't be long before I want to take my loadouts into Warzone and see how they fare against everyone else. Nice. Bit more of that flaming shotgun fart gas build, or damn straight. I love my toxic builds, which is just mostly comprised of fart gas, molotovs, riot shields, and shotguns with dragon's breath. Hell yeah! Also, my my. <laughs> My favourite feature about Modern Warfare, and I will be so upset if this doesn't remain a thing, is that when you kill someone, if they've got a microphone plugged into whatever system they're using, you get like two or three seconds of audio feed the second after yeah, yeah, you kill yeah. them. So, yeah, I'll be so gutted if they've got rid of that, because I just love you to <laughs> someone absolutely lose their shit, smash their keyboard, or, uh, you know, just freak out. It's good shit. So uh, that's about me for the games catch up as well. Uh, yeah, had a good time playing Modern Warfare and uh, looking forward to playing a little bit more of that when I've got a little bit more time nice. free. Look forward to hearing how you're getting on, mate. Thanks, man. With all that said, should we break on with the gaming news? No. That's it. It's done. All right, well, f*** you news. Okay. Podcast over. What have we learned today, James? I've learned that you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no sympathy. No empathy about my goddamn possession. <laughs> So this week in the gaming news, according to IGN and various other media news outlets, CD Projekt Red announces The Witcher 1 Remake. Uh, the company has announced that it will remake The Witcher in the Unreal 5 engine alongside developer Fool's Fury. Fool's Fury, uh, they're also currently supporting Larian Studios in making Baldur's Gate 3, which is currently in early access on Steam. Uh, and they also contributed to Ninja Theory's Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, as well as People Can Fly's Outriders. Good games, good games. Yeah, good games. Games that I haven't checked out myself, admittedly, but I, I do hear good things. Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is fun. Yeah, it's definitely, it's one that I've been meaning, it's a Xbox exclusive, right? And it's been on Games Pass for quite That's some time. That's how I played it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's how a lot of people played yeah. it. <laughs> uh, so they're a Polish studio describing themselves as a team of veterans, uh, and this will be a true remake with CD Projekt Red saying that it will be rebuilt from the ground up in the Unreal Engine 5 and is in the early stages of development. So watch this space. It's definitely going to be a while till we see anything tangible from this. Yeah, so look forward to covering this story again in 2028 when it releases. <laughs> How are you feeling, James? I bet you're excited for this news. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this, man. I d- when uh, we discussed the projects that CG Project Red had going on two, three episodes ago now, I guess it was, um, I didn't think that Canis Majoris, the big dog, would be the Witcher 1. Yeah, agreed. I, I was pretty sure that was going to be... The Witcher 4, uh, but you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I wasn't sure what it was going to be, but you you could have put me in a room for hours, days, months, years. I would never have picked a Witcher 1 remake. Yeah, so, I think you're right. Yeah. So the first thing that I will say about this is I'm very glad that it's a remake and not a remaster because, as we've discussed in previous weeks, remastering games, although admittedly this one's from 2008, so at least it's had a bit more time under it, but it's just cashing in nostalgia and things like that. And I would, you could argue that a remake is too. If you look at the state this game was in when it came out compared to what it's surely going to look like in the Unreal 5 engine, it's night, yeah. night and day. I mean, it is going to be completely different in terms of visually, probably gameplay-wise too. They would have to be uh, there's no way that they're replicating that same combat system into a modern day witch title and getting away with it no. particularly after the witcher 3 honestly i you know i would have no problem dealing with graphics being comparable to the original but the combat system and everything else to be much more in line with the latest titles like yeah. i mean i'm not asking for that let me make that yeah. clear but i i would have an easier time accepting that than if they basically just made the witcher one look really pretty yeah. but maintained everything else <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's got to be comparable to The Witcher 3, Yeah, uh, if not better. I imagine it would be. Uh, it's got to be. I mean, you know, it's, uh, CDPR's baby is The Witcher, that franchise. Um, I don't think they're going to cut any corners with this. I think that it'll be a thorough job. I think it'll be good, particularly after the disastrous launch of Cyberpunk 2077. I think they will be looking to make this one a complete home run. We're sorry. And I have faith in them to do it, in all honesty. Looking forward to this. It is going to be a while, though, as you say, but can't wait to see the screenshots when they come out. Can't wait to see cheeky little trailer in a few years' time or whatever. It's exciting times, man. Do we know how long they've been working on it? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. Uh, I, you know, this is uh, just sort of a, a very recent announcement. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I'm conscious that, that, you know, they did mention that it was in early development, yeah. uh, which suggests that they haven't been working on it for all that long no. in terms of the grand scheme of things and what they will eventually end up with. Uh, so, you know, this is very much a, a watch this space and see what happens sort of thing. Yeah, so 2028 that I said earlier, probably, I was joking, but it's <laughs> not probably not that inaccurate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I reckon we might see this perhaps around 2025, 2026, potentially even the year that the next Elder Scroll game is kind of pitched to come out, which would be very interesting ah, to be a year of an Elder Scrolls game and a Witcher game. That'd be quite a treat, wouldn't it? Uh, it would, but it would it would cause quite the quandary it would yeah in uh, terms of what game of the year selections and things like no, that. in terms of which one i play first oh right yes oh yeah if they were released like same day what do you reckon which one would you go for elder scroll 6 100 percent. but it would be a tough choice it's a tough choice i made it sound very easy but it would be tough yeah but it would yeah. be elder scroll 6 because the elder scroll is my favorite game franchise so yeah the, the witch is in the top five but <laughs> i mean frankly you'd be contradicting yourself if you didn't play Elder Scrolls first, unless you were very much a kind of save the best for last type guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
But no, so uh, I'm very hyped. Very hyped indeed. Going to try and go into it with the sort of mindset of be patient, be calm, don't overexcite yourself because you never know. But I'm quite hyped for this. The Witcher 1 is a game I do fancy playing, even though for the reasons we've already outlined, I'm not going to. Yeah, Um, yeah. But this is great because it means that I will get a chance to experience that story with a modern day setting in terms of quality of life good combat as you say and uh you know hopefully looking incredibly beautiful in that unreal 5 engine so yep looking forward to it man so next up in the news uh an article i read today from polygon uh callisto protocol which is a sort of sci-fi themed dead space inspired it appears horror shooter game uh it has actually been banned in japan already before release uh likely due to the supposed levels of violence in the game really absolutely yeah so i didn't uh, think japan were too hot on that sort of thing if you said australia i'd be like yeah this isn't news but japan I'm surprised. Yeah, well, uh, so the 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 company, uh, the organisation that is uh, known for making these ratings is known as Cero, C E R O. Uh, they're known for taking quite a strict line already on the levels of gore that they allow in Japanese video games. Just to give you some examples, dismemberment is a particular taboo. And uh, so, you know, the 2020 Last of Us Part 2 title, uh, they actually had dismemberment removed from the Japanese release, uh, as well as the sex scene edited to obtain its sort of most mature rating, which is the Z rating. Also, another example of Zero censoring uh, a title is uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake. I'm conscious that that game was quite heavily censored in Japan as well. There were sort of various scenes where someone gets cut in half and their entrails kind of come out and, nice. you know, they, they, they cut all that <laughs> as well. They cut any sorts of scenes where Mr. X, like, grabs a person's head and just crushes it in his hand. Oh, they, yeah. they got rid of all of that stuff. I've got to say, I'm surprised to hear this from Japan a little bit. Well, yeah, apparently it's a thing. Uh, you know, it must be more of a thing over here because, you know, the, the censors in Europe, England and America don't seem to have any problem with what's going down in Callisto Protocol. No. So, uh, in a translation posted to Reddit and then verified by Eurogamer, the post reads, The Callisto Protocol has decided to stop the release of the Japanese version. As of now, the zero rating cannot be passed. We have decided that we would no longer be able to provide you with the experience you need. From what I've seen of the game, I can believe that, to be honest with you. (laughs) Uh, The quote continues, We hope everyone in Japan will understand. If you have already pre-ordered, we will refund you. Although Striking Distance didn't comment on the reasons that Callisto Protocol failed to obtain a rating, they very likely relate to the game's extremely violent content. So Callisto Protocol is a narrative-driven, third-person survival horror game set roughly 300 years in the future, where the players will take on the role of Jacob Lee, a victim of fate thrown into Black Iron Prison, a maximum security penitentiary located on Jupiter's moon Callisto. I like the idea that it's 300 years in the future and they're still building prisons out of Black Iron. So like, surely you've got some cooler shit like titanium or tungsten or some shit that's harder to get out of, right? <laughs> it might just be the name. It might just be the name. <laughs> I mean, there's there's still a lot of questions I have about this game. Uh, for instance, you know, just how close this does compare to Dead Space. I had a look at some gameplay footage and I got to say that the combat looks like slightly comparable, although there does seem to be more of a melee-based element. It appears that quite early on in the game you get a security baton that no doubt you pick up from one of the guards of this prison and you... Uh, uh, 
uh, you actually use quite a lot of melee moves and apparently even the baton has a skill tree. Some of the other aspects that really kind of screamed Dead Space to me were what looked like to be a health bar that's on the back of your character as opposed to being represented on the UI on the actual screen. Gun, ammo, capacities and things like that again were represented on the, the guns themselves and even, you know, kind of like the ammo display looked quite similar to, to Dead Space as well. And do we know if it has an, an H, a HUD aside from that? It's very hard to tell because obviously a lot of this stuff that we're seeing is preview footage and yeah. not like strictly strictly gameplay footage so there you know if a hud is there they would have likely removed it anyway for the kind of presentation purposes sense, so yeah, yeah I, I don't really have a clear picture of that yet what i would say as well is that you can also get a very strong sense that uh this prison is being absolutely ravaged by some sort of unknown alien force that is corrupting people and taking them over very much like the ishimura was in dead space as well it's kind of like a colony of pre-existing people that has been very quickly overcome by some sort of evil power and uh it's transforming people and turning them into monsters that you need to escape oh the flood <laughs> yeah yeah kind of yeah it looks like uh the character that you play jacob lee is actually a prisoner to begin with i've seen him walking around in some prison clothing makes sense and i assume at some point it just all goes to sh and you escape your cell and fight your way out i mean that's uh yeah i'm i'm down for this i've i've heard that they have a, a special Callisto gore system uh which i assume is just kind of lots of good chunk physics you shoot an enemy and chunks fly out of it one thing that i did see as part of the gameplay footage would it appears that certain enemies you shoot them you can dismember parts and knock parts off but there's actually another monster underneath it so instead of transforming as you knock something off you might actually like unleash the inner monster sort of thing and it will not just transform but become something else entirely through kind of you doing damage to it I don't have a clear view of what this actually is but I was definitely I was seeing someone shoot something and then in front of him it almost looked like another monster burst out of it okay so that sounds it looks pretty neat yeah yeah, it looks like kind of taking the Dead Space dismemberment, doing something a little different and a little bit extra steps. I'm here for it. It looks cool. I was going to say, I'm certainly intrigued by that. That sounds really interesting. So it's like if you cut their legs off, then they could get leg monster comes out and I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of still up for uh, yeah. up for discovery. Interesting. But, uh, you know, I was it even has uh, powers such as an ability where you can sort of pick stuff up with your mind and then chuck it again, very much like Dead Space. It's uh, kind of the same power. So it'll be interesting to see. It does have a cooldown. I don't think it relies on you kind of collecting items to replenish it. It does seem to just have a cooldown instead, and there does seem to be lots of opportunities for picking up aliens and then doing things like chucking them into moving ship parts, for instance, <laughs> and, uh, nice. and you know, kind of mashing them together in all sorts of different violent ways. So, yeah. Are we sure like this isn't just fun. the Dead Space remake? <laughs> Uh, well, it's made by Striking Distance Studios, who I don't believe have any ties to uh, the Dead Space franchise. But you're not ruling it out. You <laughs> just don't believe. Say no. You just don't believe. <laughs> I also think that, uh, you know, this is a type of game where if I was to scrub off the logo and say, hey, James, new Dead Space game, you'd be like, no questions. Yeah, cool. You know? So on with the next article, which I read from PC Gamer. So to add to the Overwatch 2 controversy, a third party creator has made a custom server that when you enter it, it forces one player to play as female player Cassidy against a team of Overwatch heroes. In the top left of the screen, it instructs you to flash to knock down your victims, which refers to Cassidy's old Overwatch 1 flashbang ability, and then says to teabag to f 
Fuck, which is written with spaces, which is, I assume, to get around the word filtering of the game. As you crouch and teabag your opponent, the words appear at the top of the screen, at which point enemy heroes are then marked as pregnant and eventually a Torbjorn bot is spawned in to simulate a child accompanying them. So, you know. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah, pretty fucked up. Don't really know what to, much more else to say about this than extremely messed up. This goes a little bit beyond the intended scope of something like this. Uh, Halo's Forge mode definitely didn't have a sexual harassment simulator. This is kind of a, a turnout for the books, I think, in terms of new lows for games, especially particularly games that are free to play and therefore a lot of kids are going to be playing yeah. this. Like, me honestly it's terrible and you know it's uh goes with this article it's already i've already read articles where it's parents writing in and warning other parents about this saying yeah. for the time being don't let your kids play this my son discovered this yeah i saw that same article i think yeah so you know quite shocking stuff and it's pretty surprising that a term like hasn't been flagged up you know in yeah. their senses or anything like but that teabagged that it picked up teabagged to f uh <laughs> Yeah, that one, that one also slipped by. I mean, that's, it's, it's honestly insane to me. You know, this is um, Activision Blizzard, right? Well, so I have heard some speculation that this was almost made in a sort of like ironic highlight of the sexual harassment allegations that are currently underway and proceeding at Activision Blizzard. I gotta say, it could be, I'm leaning on this is just internet perverts. I feel like you can come up with any reasons. It's probably internet perverts. You can come up with any reason yeah. you want. It sounds to me like someone's trying to pay it off a noble cause here and it's like I'm sorry no there's nothing noble about that even in like the most satirical way possible leave this shit alone honestly like yes especially as you the points you've raised it's a free to play game it's essentially aimed for young kids as well as adults you know it's quite a cartoony aesthetic the game it's got a fucking talking gorilla I think I don't know if he made it to number two but he's in number one yeah he's so around. you know, so, you know name, it's, yeah. it's not the most adult game in the world ever it's still an adult game right but to have shit like this is it's crazy to me. Yeah, it's not that kind of adult game. No, it's not. not. At all. It's not. And this isn't the first time something like this has happened, obviously. I mean, Roblox famously or infamously has had similar sort of things because you can yeah, create Yeah, loads of inappropriate content on that. But with the best will in the world to Roblox, it's slightly different kettle of fish to Overwatch 2 in terms of publicity, size of studio, probably player base. I know a lot of people play Roblox, but let's be real. Oh, no, I, I would think that the, the Roblox player base dwarfs Overwatch 2. What, dwarfs yeah. it? Yeah. Well, you think the, yes. you think the Roblox player base is bigger? Much bigger. Oh, really? Yeah, kids love roblox that's what makes it you know more worrying is that yes this is disturbing right but i reckon there's way worse stuff going on in roblox sort of thing i think this is just kind of this is coming more to light because it's overwatch too so publicity wise you're right player base wise i don't know i reckon i reckon roblox has a much larger I, base I, you're too. probably right i just assumed overwatch was because of the esports although i could believe that it has more players than overwatch in general to be honest but <laughs> I mean, kids often dictate the market, yeah. right? Like, kids are the, the vast majority of players, I would imagine. So, yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah. With things we've learned today, it's a little early, but Overwatch is a place for kids and perverts. Kids and perverts. Yeah. And, and perverted kids. Perverts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's tie bar on that. It's f***ed up, mate. And ho hopefully the Activision Blizzard will actually be able to put better th checks in place. I mean, the f like you say, the fact that the word has gone through the sensor there, it's pretty mad. Yeah, unbelievable. I, I, you know, I think this is definitely getting enough public attention that they're going to need to 
absolutely need to address this and fix this as soon as possible and hopefully prevent any sort of further attempts to create sort of content that could be considered completely offensive or inappropriate for any audience yeah. let alone you know a child audience as well because i think you know at the end of the day it does appear that from the description of this the aim of the game is to someone and impregnate yourself you know it's it's just it's a terrible concept for a game uh and it's kind of making light of sexual harassment and and people and i and i do somehow doubt that this is not to do not to be a, a sort of a a swipe at activision blizzard for their like you know their ongoing allegations i think that this is just someone jerking it to overwatch on to the last article of the day from The Gamer. So this uh, short and sweet article, uh, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 physical edition disc only contains roughly 70 megabytes of data. So just for reference for people who aren't familiar with file sizes, uh, the original game was around 40 to 50 gigabytes, which is roughly 650 times bigger than the content that is included on the new disc. Uh, so the content within this is basically, you know, as you could probably gather, it's not the actual data for the game. You know, we're probably looking at like an over 100 gig game title comfortably and the rest that would yeah i mean if not in the sort of like near to 100s which will comfortably be 150 gigs by the time they're done with updating yeah. it sort of thing total file size after a few updates so 70 megabytes really is basically just it's like a dummy disc that's a basically a key to connect you to a digital download so you stick the disc in the console goes oh okay time to download the other 100 gigs of this game sort of thing because there's nothing on here <laughs> so it really does fulfill the same purpose as literally if they'd have just stuck a cardboard disc in the case with a cd code on the back of it that you just typed it in and redeemed the code on whichever store you use yeah. Steam, Xbox, PlayStation. Very odd choice. I, I get the feeling that this choice might have been motivated by criticism that some titles have got, like, uh, for instance, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. When that was released, uh, the physical collector's edition came with a case. Uh, it had a CD slot in it. It did not have a CD. They did not put a CD really? in the physical edition copy. Then where's the, the physical edition? West. It came with all the sort of the collector's edition standard fare. And it came with an empty CD. So an empty CD case. I've got so I've got my Aloy statue. I've got me my yeah. canvas bag. I've got my, my fucking yeah, my branded yeah, bottle. Yeah. Bit of artwork, yeah, maybe. And what's like Something. a thing from Couple postcards? What's... Who the f sends postcards oh, of video games? But anyway, uh, uh, what's like a weapon from the game? You'd get like a relatively life-sized version of that made out of plastic. Some I sort of fucking know a spear. Maybe. I don't know. A little unique armor set for Aloy yeah. or code for the game. And an empty CD case. Like, what the fuck is the point in that? They didn't even stretch for the kind of the blank CD cases, so it just was just like a blank. It actually had the slot for the disc in it. the worst. And, it, and so you open it, empty disc, and then on the booklet side, there's the bit of cardboard that it has a CD. Cue, here's a CD code. Oh, wow. That's not a physical edition, <laughs> then, is it? It's hardly a physical no. edition, is it? That's so, an empty case. <laughs> It got a lot of flack for that, as you so. can imagine. But I think that, you know, probably the team heard about things like that and they just had, f*** it, we'll give them a useless bit of plastic. They want the useless bit of plastic? Here's the useless little bit of plastic, you f***. And you get 70 megabytes of data. So there's all sorts of arguments for this being shitty practice. This is entirely pointless. What are your takes on this, James? Well, my, my take is I feel sorry for those that like to have physical collections i don't do it personally myself anymore but i respect it i used to i do it with some cds for certain bands still um shout out to inflames it's just pointless like you say i mean you're paying a pound a megabyte probably <laughs> yeah yeah that's one way of looking at it yeah <laughs> okay man i think that's all that's wrapped up for the news today 
It's time to move on to the long-awaited A Games Challenge! So, Will, talk to me. Remnant from the Ashes. How'd you get on, man? Did you enjoy it? Well, man, um, I'll start off by saying it was my absolute pleasure to play this title this week. Um, I had a blast. And, uh, you know, as you know, this is a game that wasn't uh, new to me. This is a game that me and you have played together uh, for quite a good few hours with a different character. Uh, You know, we've progressed quite far into the game, had a good time then. So I was looking forward to getting back into this because it had been some time since we'd played it together, even longer since I played it on my own. And uh, i got to say, I, I, you know, had an absolute blast. I started off this game on normal difficulty and uh, started it off solo over the weekend following uh, the, the recording session. Played for sort of the first few bosses on my own and uh what i will say is that i guess my initial reactions to this game are kind of i'll take you back if you will to a time when i had never played before. and my first impressions of the game then were that it was slightly uninspired i felt like the perhaps the enemy variation left something to be desired the color palette was quite samey basic brown and gray going around yeah exactly and i i I think that that is very true for the first sort of yeah. chunk of the game. First, maybe not so much the, the enemy variety, but certainly the color palette for sure. Well, I mean, I think a lot of those lows sort of opinions came before we'd actually gotten to areas yeah. that offered more enemy variation. Because you know, absolutely, I would agree now that there is variation to the enemy designs, although a lot of the types fight exactly the same. There's quite a bit of variation in the sort of the tougher, larger yeah. enemies. Not quite bosses, but mini bosses. I will say that the controls in this game uh, work really well. They do take a tiny bit of getting used to, some slight sort of, uh, you know, choices that aren't quite familiar. They seem to have blended uh, a classic third-person shooter-type control layout with a first-person shooter control-type layout, uh, which kind of took us ever so slight bit of getting used to. But once I was in there, I was having an absolute blast with it. I was running around, sprinting, sliding, dodging, switching weapons, switching the shoulder that you fire from to look around corners easier and stuff like that. And it, it works very, very well to together there seem to be quite a few various weapons although we did spend quite a bit of time and i suppose at this point i should say that although i did start this game off on my own i did actually play a very very large chunk of it with james that's here. me yeah. that is you <laughs> um yes we uh we kind of linked up on this one and continued through the game together the weapon variation a lot of the things have a pretty decent impact i started off with a pretty standard repeater pistol and kept that for i think the majority of I think the, the entire playthrough yeah yeah no i think that's right because it had pretty good range pretty good if you know fires as fast as you can yeah. pull the trigger so it's not a jacobs but if it took more than one shot hell you weren't using a jacobs it'll do it's not far off i'll tell you that much and then the other weapon i used in the game for the most part was the coach gun which is the kind of almost the default weapon. The weapon it is the default class, weapon yeah. that you get as the yeah. cultist character class although you did upgrade to quite a fun weapon at the end there didn't you that's right yeah so i ended up unlocking some sort of beam laser gun thing i can't remember it was it called the I charge it was rifle called the beam or something rifle. like that the beam rifle right yeah uh yeah it just essentially shoots like a bright yellow beam of radiation i think blast yeah. radi- yeah, it's, it's really yeah it affects for enemies with 
radiation. And me, if you happen to hit me as well. And, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of, it makes friendly fire very obvious, because there's no enemy projectile that even closely resembles it. Interestingly, you can't friendly fire with the melee, though. Go figure. No, you can't, which is probably for the best. Yes, I imagine, definitely for the best. And we'll come on to this a little bit, but the melee is a little bit scrappy. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time I found myself kind of overreaching with the melee. It does blend shooting and melee quite seamlessly but i found that even though it's the sort of game that you wouldn't necessarily want to lock on with because the focus is absolutely on the shooting over the melee it would have been useful for certain encounters just because of the way that your character animation works if you have an enemy coming towards you and you press attack at the wrong time you'll often kind of go right past them as they go over your shoulder trying to attack you sort of thing and then it does lead to quite scrappy situations where you're kind of mashing the melee button hoping to hit them i agree with you entirely about the melee system it's not bad but it's i think it could have been absolutely revolutionized by the simple addition of either a block or a parry or both i think that would have made all the difference i agreed it just needs a tiny bit more depth and if there were to be a remnant too i would really hope that they uh sort of worked on the melee a little bit because there's very little else that i have to complain about this game uh you know in in terms of that i think that everything else is is pretty damn solid a lot of my concerns about enemy variation and variation to the environments were addressed as i played more of the game uh we came to sort of towards the end of the game a very nice kind of forested oh, area which was a real nice breath of fresh air from the kind of the abandoned cities and uh there's a the desert swamp. wasn't there there was a swampy area, yeah. So having a nice lush forest was uh, a welcome change. And I suppose, in a way, that was kind of a bit of a signal that we were coming to the end of the game. A bit of a forewarning there, just given that it was suddenly a very changing environment, uh, which kind of reminded me slightly of as I was coming to the end of Borderlands 1. Uh, suddenly, there was a ton of variation. We got the Crimson Raiders, we got various different alien designs, we got a snowy environment, and we had some lush, grassy environments. There's a lot of parallels there between my perception of Borderlands initially and my perception of this initially, was is the early days of the game, there wasn't enough variation in it for my life initially and that led me to think that the rest of the game was going to lack a lot of variety however with both titles those sort of fears were put aside the, yeah. the more i played it although i think that remnant does a slightly better job at giving you more variety sooner than borderlands does love borderlands one to bits but let's be real you spend a lot of time in those sandy deserty areas rather than anywhere else there's a lot of time you spent killing yeah. skags <laughs> Or basic psychos and marauders. You're just like, ah, oh, really? Yeah. It gets better in the later Borderlands titles with the nomads and things like that, but Borderlands 1. Definitely. I think that was something they took on board yeah. for the later ones is like, we need to vary this up sooner rather than later because people are getting the wrong idea yeah. about this game, you know? Especially seeing as, you know, the cover aesthetic is just deserts yeah. and, and skags and uh, yeah, psychos exactly. sort of thing. So, yes. Uh, so, uh, back to Remnant. Uh, so. One thing I will say is I found the storyline a little difficult to follow in this. I didn't find it the most coherent. Admittedly, I was not skipping entirely lines of dialogue, but I was hurrying along yeah. the dialogue, let's say. I didn't want, you know, I probably wasn't giving the uh, voice actors their fair dues. <laughs> I was kind of just mashing through. And I think now's a pretty good time, James, to quickly drop in the I fucking passed the challenge this week. As you well know, you were there. No yeah. surprises for you. I you also beat the challenge, challenge this week. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Another one off the list mentioned earlier. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. And had a great time doing it Very too. Good fun. To move on to some of the things that I perhaps perceived slightly more negatively about the game as well as as the combat was just how quickly it all came to an end. Uh, you mentioned that Borderlands, you know, did 
sort of vary things up slightly later than Remnant. I'd be interested to see just how that tallies up because I feel like Remnant took me less time oh, to complete. Yeah. And I was honestly surprised to see that my total playtime on that was about 30 hours. Although I think we both did say that a lot of that was probably idling. I, I'm a very restless gamer. I often like, you know, I'll play for like 20 minutes and then get off and wander around for a little bit, do some shit and then come back. So... Uh, the time spent playing the game uh, on Steam is often not quite representative of how long I've spent actively. Yeah. Will hasn't played Elden Ring for 498 hours. No, no, probably just 400 or something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, absolutely, that's absolutely true. And it's a, another interesting thing about Remnant is uh, I joined Will's session. And because I joined Will's session, my character's time didn't get increased at all. So I've got like end game level stats, end game level stuff. But my file still says, yeah, you've only played that for seven hours. Good times. Why don't you talk a little bit about the uh, class that you played as? Uh, so I can't actually remember what class I started as because this the f- character I used was actually one I started in August 2021, it turns out. Oh, right. Okay. Fair time so ago. I think, I think I picked the Hunter because I like to start with the hunting rifle because it's, in my opinion, the best gun in the game. Although the beam rifle, I've got to say, <laughs> that's, that looked really good. Really good. Yeah, that's real fun. Yeah. If you like melting health bars, then the beam rifle's for you. Um, but my character was sort of um, a little bit more lightweight. Um, I was wearing the armor that you start the you start the game with because it gives you a bonus to find um, 20% more treasures with two items and then uh, 20% more scrap throughout the whole game which is and scraps the currency for the game that you spend things on so I was yeah just sort of a light light long range gunner um, but then I had also a magnum pistol for some punch up close and a big old hammer and I actually interestingly I spent the first uh, few hours of the game both in my solo playthrough that got me to this point and in the playthrough will I didn't level up a single trait for ages and ages and ages so i was there with getting one or two shot by a lot of things early doors yeah you were kind of taking on the kind of skyrim stay at level one approach there don't spend a single perk point yeah and honestly f- knows why i mean i can't put myself back in the mindset from august 2021 james but i think my logic was probably you unlock trait different traits as you go and i didn't want to spend my points until i knew what more of the traits were exactly yeah um, I, I agree with you there i think that it was probably just uh being concerned about wasting points in traits yeah. that you weren't actually that interested in come the time that you were able to see every single trait that was available to you. Yeah, and it turns out that that was a great move because some of the traits you get later on are pretty insane in terms of crit chance, crit damage, weak point damage, and all that good stuff. And that really comes into play, uh, especially with some of the higher fire rate weapons in the game as well. So the, the laser that I was using, essentially it has a ridiculously high fire rate because it's just almost constantly doing damage. It's It probably does, I don't know, anywhere between like four to five hits per second. I would say, giving the numbers that I was seeing bouncing off the things while I was shooting it. Yeah, that's probably true, yeah. And because you're getting that many hits per second, and if you're increasing the chance that one of those hits is going to be a critical hit, then you just it just lights up with critical hits. And then if you're also buffing the damage of a critical hit, as well as the weak spot hits, if you're getting a simultaneous weak spot critical hit that's also being buffed, it was just outrageous. Some outrageous numbers were popping off. Oh, exactly. And bear in mind as well, the hunting rifle that I was using is a specialized crit weapon. I had a ring that gave me extra crit damage and also gave me extra damage on enemies that were unaware that I was shooting at them. That's right, yeah. So, I mean, as Will said there, some of the numbers you were seeing pop off was insane i mean like my hunting rifle's base weapon by endgame i think was roughly 140 maybe a bit more Mm, mm. i was seeing hits of 
850 plus um, and that's not including the final boss which you get some obscene numbers because of the way that fight has to do i think i saw 800,000 yeah it's one of the 890,000 yeah. or something it's, it's madness just before we get into the final boss which i do want to get on to um i just wanted to talk you mentioned briefly the hammer in the game which was your weapon yeah. of choice until i got the claws at the very end but yeah, the hammers you... i actually switched back to the hammer because it was better the hammer is the slowest yet heaviest damage weapon in the game i believe melee uh, weapon yeah for sure yeah melee weapon yeah uh and then you also get an axe which was my well weapon i was using initially which has less reach than the hammer is significantly faster faster um i don't know also... if it's significantly faster actually it's faster for sure but i don't know if it's don't know if it's significantly faster though. because you can also charge the attack and to do two very quick hits yeah that's as well. true yeah that's true yeah so it was I, I think that a lot of this stuff is kind of really pretty balanced though uh some of the other weapons as you mentioned briefly there was the wolverine claws and then i ended up picking up a sort of like a, a spear. spear yeah more like a glaive though right it was kind of like a more like a kind of yeah that was intended for thrusting and not throwing sort of thing no you almost it's, it's got the sort of blade on it where you think that you could slice with it as well that's right yeah but, it, but it's very much a proddy stick ever so slightly hooked Ever so slightly, yeah, just to kind ever of... So yeah. so. And then, I guess, well, now, we, now we've mentioned that, I think it's also probably good to mention as a slight criticism of this game, I don't think there's a huge variation to the class that you pick in the start. I don't think that really no. forces you to change gameplay so much. And considering you can buy all of the armors and starting weapons from all the other classes as soon as you finish the first bit. Exactly. Not just armor and starting weapons, but also abilities. Yeah, and their weapon mods You would think well, that yeah. typically that would be the one thing that was unique to the class... It's yeah. not. You can buy the offensive class for your cultist class yeah. sort of thing. You can do whatever you want with it. Which is, you know, on one note, very cool. On another note, it basically invalidates any need to do multiple playthroughs of this game unless you just want to start with different armor sets, I guess. Well, I another... think it does affect your starting traits. It does affect your starting traits, but... Nothing you can't unlock later. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Instead of starting at, you know, one for certain traits, you'll start with five for certain traits. But, yeah. it, you know, as we both know, it doesn't take you long to get to plus five with all traits maxing out at 20 so yeah. it's really not much of a head start not at all ones. and it makes no difference anyway like one or two points early game late game makes no difference yeah yeah and just while we're on that as well we're talking about classes there a little bit uh this game does have a character creator you are able to pick a character model it's very sparse it's kind Incredibly of basic face skin tone hair voice that's kind of it right and then start a class that's basically it. maybe some yeah. facial hair and stuff like that that's right yeah and then yeah. maybe like some face marks and scars and, and yeah. blemishes and things like that but yeah very very basic um so nothing much to say about there well are there any other bosses you want to talk about notable bosses uh i think that there was some quite cool ones i did like the large boss uh that was spinning we were kind of on a turntable and we were fighting while we were oh, on yeah. that and then every so often it would grab the level that we were on and spin it round the clavinger i think it was called yeah he was particularly cool i just like the concept of being spun around and being slightly disorientated and having to like find out where the cover had re-emerged so you could avoid his his attacks and things like that and then focus on taking him down there was a boss that was very reminiscent of the butterfly boss from uh, Dark Souls 1 uh, except there were two of them and you were on a bridge much the same as you are in Dark Souls except that this time there's a butterfly on either side of you well it, it does start off with one I believe and then the second one sort of shows up very shortly and then one sort of proceeds to hyperbeam you while the other one proceeds to sort of just send various smaller projectiles your way that you can shoot out the air when they're travelling towards you which I thought was a nice touch but that was that was tough wasn't it we were doing pretty damn good at this game 
stream, but we didn't start to really falter until that. And admittedly, a lot of those falterings were me. Admittedly, some of those falterings weren't even necessarily due to the boss. I just got careless and <laughs> rolled off the bridge a few times. And also I was blown off the bridge by the hyper beam by the bosses yeah. as well. So as was I. Yeah, it's you know, that was that was a fairly tough boss fight. Um that was comfortably the hardest boss. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. It was it was quite insane at times, actually. But I did enjoy the the level of coordination that it forced us to uh, to adopt. There, yeah. you know, we were kind of very coordinated. We had a game plan after about our third or fourth death. You know, when to stop shooting one boss, when to move on to the other one, yeah. when to be cautious about beams and things like that. So yeah, I think I think one of the the very strong points of this game is that the fact that it does allow co op. And it is very seamless. And we actually did say even yesterday, it's fantastic. You click the game, you click on continue game. Within about 10 seconds, you're playing. You press one button to go from the main menu straight into your game. And then within a few seconds, you were able to join my game. And within a few seconds after you click join, you were in sort of thing. So very, very quick, very seamless. And that's definitely something that shouldn't be underappreciated in this day and age with games. It's no, just simplicity of actually getting into the f***ing thing and playing yeah. it. As I briefly mentioned with Call of Duty, that sh needs to restart like three times before you actually get to play it so, yes uh, yeah. uh unfortunately refreshing to play a game that's very easy to get into and play with someone else with minimal yeah. faffing about absolutely very good very well done remnant well done well done gunfire games and perfect world entertainment <laughs> the one thing i will say about bosses in this game in general is the bosses themselves are typically very good but they did try and add a lot of artificial difficulty in by having the bosses being able to summon endless mobs yes and whilst in multiplayer that's not too big an issue although we did get overrun a few times and if one of us died then god it's, kind over. Of it. it's very hard to recover from that because it takes time to revive another player and usually in that time the enemy has dropped a heavy attack that will knock you out of your revive animation yeah. if it hits you so you yeah. often get chained between you know if you're really adamant on reviving the person you're very likely just going to die while you're doing it yeah or you just get ganked by eight mobs that have come and spawned in like yeah. whilst the other person was down gives you very little room to breathe with all of those mobs constantly yeah. coming in and i do agree with you i think that it did feel a little bit like artificial difficulty there the bosses would have been a walkover if it weren't for all their mobs no they definitely should have had mobs if they were going to be the difficulty they were i just wonder whether it needed to be quite as many as it was particularly and i know they didn't for the challenge but we've played this on hard mode as well we haven't completed it on hard but we've played it on hard it's outrageous how many mobs there are in hard yeah i mean it's noticeable the difference which is crazy to me but it's more of a problem soloing though i find yeah yeah and as a result i actually not only did i prefer the bosses that had less mobs uh you know like the butterfly ones but i also found it made them much more memorable because i was spending much less time trying to actually fight the boss and learn its moves rather than getting overrun by standard mobs that I've been fighting for the rest of the level. Yeah, well, it's worth noting there are probably only two bosses you can really say that about, which is the butterfly and the final boss. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. And even yeah. then, the final boss does involve mobs to a certain degree, which we'll come on to in a bit. Yeah. The other boss that I'd like to mention, I did like, I think he was called like... The just the defiled or something like that. He was oh, kind of like a butcher. Sorry, oh, oh, the unclean one. The unclean one. Yeah, I think that yeah. he was a really he was a cool boss as well. He made me think because he was so melee based. He really did make me think of Dark Souls, and I actually for that boss kind of put away my gun and just sat there meleeing him and dodging. He was yeah. kind of ever so slightly reminiscent of the sort of move set and style as the Asylum Demon, except that he also had a crazy spinning move that went on for yeah. like an entire 30 Way seconds long, you yeah. just had to like <laughs> he kind of cleared the room i suppose it was useful for him dealing with his own mobs yeah. which i suppose is one good thing about that is that 
other enemies can hurt other enemies by yeah. shooting them and blowing up and things like that. That's a nice touch. And he had his ass out as well. His ass was his weak spot. <laughs> yeah, you hey, you gotta love a boss where you shoot them in the ass and that's their weak spot. Yeah. What's Literally between the cracks. Straight like. in the cracks. Another boss that we encountered but weren't able to fight was this kind of cool-looking wolf dude that seemed very evil. Uh, he had a proposition for us. We did turn him down but weren't really presented with much of a choice. And I can only assume that at some point in the game we made a decision that meant that he was no longer on the table for fighting. It may have been that bit where I told that dude who was looking for the heart of a monster to go f*** himself. Could have been uh, that. And then we started to fight him and I wonder if... I don't know, if you went along with that clearly evil guy's plan, that then potentially you may have fought the wolf. Potentially. But uh, that remains to be seen. For whatever reason, anyway, he didn't uh, activate. We had a little conversation with him, then we wandered off. Yeah, I am going to attempt this solo at some point, so I'll let you know. But... Yeah, do let me know, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I would like to see, because he did look like a cool boss, although he was kind of very shrouded in darkness in the cave. So Yeah, didn't look very big. That's didn't look very big, but I reckon no. he was quite an agile hop around type yeah. boss instead. So, other than those bosses, I did think that, although I will say that I found the ending slightly anticlimactic for the game, I was kind of a bit like, oh, we're here. I mean, yeah. other than the hints, the sudden change of environment, as I said earlier, to the forest, it was very much like, oh, game over, I guess. Uh, this is clearly the final boss. Uh, when we did fight him, uh, he's got two stages, which was quite cool. Uh, one of them, he's pretty weak, but he has some very devastating uh, moves yeah. that he can do. Very devastating range moves that he can do. Like one-shot range moves if every single one of the hits hits you. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. If you don't dodge, you're going to die. And that's with both of us with full health, by the way. This, Like, I'd leveled up at this point. We had our full maximum health, yeah. Uh, so once you've managed to whittle down his health and get him down, he kind of transforms into uh, the night nightmare phase which is a phase where essentially the it's a human form that appears to have like a kind of a vr headset on it with doc octopus style tentacles coming yeah. out the back of it he very much is reminiscent of doc ock uh, when he's standing there kind of hoisting himself up with his tentacles but that's phase one once you've killed him, he kind of gets absorbed into this giant butterfly demon thing. Well, it's the root in it. So it's kind it's of, he's he's encased in a rib cage of trees, which then sprouts a demon out of it. That's right. And, you know, uh, just for context, things we haven't mentioned it before now, I don't think the root is the main kind of antagonist in the game, right? The root is essentially this energy that is corrupting everything. And, you know, you know standard yeah. lazy writer. Yeah, it, it, it eats, eats the cores of planets and destroys all civilization and habitats and all that leaves the planets cold and lifeless and very similar to insert antagonist here it's like i'm doing this to purify everything will be calm and peaceful yes yeah. exactly yeah they want to they want to cure the chaos of the world by killing everything yeah exactly <laughs> i think in fact even the final boss even spiel is like we bring order we bring quiet yeah yeah so, that's it that's exactly the line yeah, like, yeah yeah geez so following completing phase one of the boss fight as i mentioned you enter the nightmare phase you're now fighting a sort of a giant flying root amalgamation of the dreamer who is the person in the vr headset and the root it's flying around in the sky chucking a bunch of projectiles at you and every so often it kind of sucks you into this alternate reality zone which is i assume what they're going to call the nightmare and essentially in there unlike the rest of the boss fight there's actually mobs in there for you to kill and what you'll notice is is that every time you kill a mob and believe me this took us a few times to notice yeah. we noticed that you would kill a mob 
you would start to get a number stacking and every time you killed a mob you would get another number and what that would essentially do is buff your character so that when you return from the nightmare through locating a portal in the darkness and running through it you end up back in the boss arena proper back with the boss except now your character is massively powered up and you're able to do obscene amounts of damage i think when we were playing towards the end of the game my base damage was something like a thousand maybe 500 or something after killing maybe about seven or eight enemies inside the nightmare zone and coming back out, I was getting buffed to like 8,000, yeah. 9,000, that sort of thing. And this is a standard hitting his armoured section, so it's not doing much damage, right? As we mentioned briefly earlier, you get in those crit weak spots when you shoot him enough bullets into him and he opens up and reveals the dreamer again. It's over 9,000! 800 or 1,000 I was seeing. I was seeing 400. I think your beam was doing 450 or 1,000 every hit, so four yeah. of those yeah. seconds sort of thing. Yeah. Like, geez. Exactly. And we were thinking at the start, like, this guy has a lot of goddamn health. Yeah, I thought we it was fun. His... Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, that was it. it was, we were doing that little damage that you couldn't even make out that we were doing damage. Yeah. I was like, I it just... was only because I was training my eyes on it and actually stopped looking at what I was doing that I was able to ascertain it is going down millimeter by millimeter. Yeah. You know, I was literally like, this is ridiculous. We've been doing so much damage to every single boss in the game to this point. Why is this doing yeah. nothing? And then we realized. And then we realized you got to kill the mobs inside the nightmare realm, yeah. come back out, deal a load of damage to him so that it then sort of breaks the cage around the weak spot, which is the dreamer. Yeah. And then you got to shoot the out of the dreamer, rinse and repeat that two or three times give or take a few more dodging projectiles and going in and out of the nightmare stage yeah. and with that it was done yeah we beat the boss he had his little spiel and he f***ed off yeah one quick thing i will say about the nightmare zone that just made it a little bit more interesting i suppose is because otherwise what of course you're, yes you're probably yeah. asking why didn't you just go in the nightmare zone kill all of the mobs and then come out and one shot him well what happens in the nightmare zone will your health ticks down the whole time you're yeah. in there so you can't remain infinitely in the nightmare zone you have to kind of kill as many enemies as you can in the space of time that your health bar will allow and then get back out quickly because yeah. uh, if you spend too long in there stronger enemies start spawning yeah, exactly. you start losing health as well as just losing health naturally over time we were kind of circumventing that a little bit by using one of our powers which actually allowed us to set down a sort of area of effect healing spell and as we were taking turns doing that it was pretty much counteracting the health we were losing just while being in the nightmare zone yeah in fact i think it was totally counteracting it to the point that if we weren't getting hit we were for the most part staying at full health yeah it wasn't too bad and you know what just on that point james i just remembered something that would be completely amiss if we didn't mention it doggos those doggos saved our lives many a time yeah. it was one of those things it was just kind of like a throwaway moment where i saw an npc he had a dog with him obviously video game ambitions dictate that you got to go up to the dog and see if you can pet it and with that i got given a perk that essentially was called something like man's best friend or best boy, uh, or, goodest a, boy or something like that a very good boy or something like that yeah a very good boy yeah, yeah something, something like, like that, that yeah and that would allow you to modify any one of your guns that didn't have a locked weapon mod meaning that you could summon in a dog that would stick around for two minutes dealing a decent bit of damage to enemies and you could also buff the damage that it dealt by 20% for the remainder of its lifetime by walking up to it and petting it yeah. and uh, once James also had this power we made mincemeat of some of the bosses and it was really useful right because not only are they doing damage to the bosses they're also distracting them a lot and also killing a lot of the mobs exactly they, they yeah. were dual purpose it was you know their AI on 
on them wasn't particularly controllable. You couldn't direct them to do what you wanted them to. But it was either they were either doing a combination of clearing out the mobs so that we could focus on the boss or keeping the boss busy so that we could focus on the mobs. And we kind of just yeah. adapted based on what they were doing, really. Because once they were dealing with the mobs, they would tend to stick with the mobs and, and vice versa. If they were on the boss, that was all they were going to do for the whole boss fight. So. No, exactly. Very useful. Very handy indeed. Although I must say mine only lasted a minute because I didn't have the cultist armor giving me an extra mod duration. So. Ah, right. Okay. But still plenty long enough. Plenty long enough. Like, wow. Yes. And considering that, you know, all of these mod charges and things just recharge over time, you yeah. know, it was rare that we were kind of reaching to summon a dog or reaching for that health casting thing at least one of us didn't have it i think it was also definitely helped by the fact that we had the same weapon mods for the majority of this game so that if one of us didn't have one to use to hand the other one did exactly and the good thing is is you can switch them out on the fly as well so there was one uh might even have been butterfly boss um dogs were useless because they couldn't reach it so i switched back to my flaming bullets mob which was actually really handy because you can set them on fire do a little bit of damage over time you know cool mechanic and I would guess my final takeaways from this game are boss design, leave something to be desired. Graphics, pretty good. Controls, very good. Yeah. Mixture of gameplay, very good. Variation of gameplay, okay, not great. Absolutely worth uh, the asking price when this game is on sale with all of the DLC included. I'd highly recommend people do give this game a go. If you're a fan of third-person shooters, if you're a fan of Souls games, this game definitely would uh, would appeal to you. I think that the shooting mechanics are tight enough and the controls are tight enough for it to be a quality third-person shooter. And I feel like the elements that it borrows from the Souls games, such as things like an Estus flask, stamina consumption on dodging, as well as things like bonfires and enemies respawning when you rest at the bonfire and things like that. I think everything is implemented into the game very well. And if I had to chuck a kind of a standardized baseline score out of five there, I think I could comfortably give this game a non-standardized 3.5. No, I think that's an, a very fair assessment. I, I, It's not a four or five out of five game. No. Um, and if you can get the Gotti for 15. 15 pounds. Super worth it absolute steal um you will have fun with it particularly if you've got a friend who's willing to play with you it's very good fun co-op so. yes yeah absolutely that i think that uh this game is fine to play on its own a blast to play with a friend though yeah. absolutely so good so good so man all in all uh, a very enjoyable experience thank you very much for recommending this game to me had a blast playing it and uh yes very pleased to have completed this challenge the score is now 3-3, three, three, I believe. Wow. I've done this challenge too. Do I get... Any... <laughs> Do you get a point for doing this as long as... No, I... no, no. You get a, you get a Absolutely, half. it's 3 all. I get No, I get nothing. It's absolutely 3 all. That's now Still two in the game, baby. Win, so I've essentially given you two of your points, but uh, that's fine. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. It's good. It's good. With, uh, the losing streaks are behind us now. Yes. <laughs> Until you set me this. Well, and truly buried. Yeah, yeah. With all of that said, James, I think that's enough for my portion of the game's challenge. However, as you well know, there is a second part to the game's challenge, and I am very excited to reveal to you that my challenge to you this week to complete... That's right, James. Ooh. It's a completion challenge. I want you to complete... Evil Within. Okay. 
Okay. So I deliberated on giving this challenge to you a little bit. Uh, there was a few other games that I had that were kind of really hanging out in the rafters there that nearly scooped this one off the top. I was going to say Halloween is your wheelhouse, isn't yeah, it? So exactly. you probably had a lot to choose There's from. There's a tight right? competition for Halloween challenge titles yeah. in my mind at least. And I was even tempted to do your kind of pick a random number out of three and hope for the best as well. But ultimately I settled on this as the title that you'll be playing this week. The Evil Within is a survival horror video game developed by Tango Gameworks and published by Bethesda Softworks. One of your favourite publishers my guys there, right there, Yeah, there it's you my go. Guys right there. Shout out to Todd Howard. Just works. It just works. <laughs> so, Evil Within uh, was actually directed by Resident Evil series creator Shinji Mikami and was Ooh. released worldwide in October 2014 for the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Windows, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. This is a game uh, that is not a subtle game, I'll say. You know, compared to some of the games that we've spoken about previously, uh, like Silent Hill and things like that, a lot of sort of implied horror, eerie sound effects, fear of the unknown employed in this one. They took the more, let's just say they took the Callisto Protocol school of game right. design in this one. Uh, you know, if chunks, baby, chunks, body horror, just absolute violence, enemies wielding chainsaws, death animations for your character out the waz, all sorts of yeah, yeah. pitfalls and traps in the game that will result in your character meeting a very grisly end. Uh, in this game, you play as a detective, I believe, called Sebastian, who is investigating uh, a disturbance that's taken place within a hospital in the town. You experience some very interesting uh, and significant occurrences while you're in the hospital, and before long you are transported into a strange and paranormal world full of horrifying and torturous creatures. This game has a kind of, it's got a lot of Resident Evil feel to it. There's a lot of survival horror going on. Nice. I think you'll have a blast with this game, man. How are you feeling, given the description that I've given you of the title so far? Uh, I feel pretty good, man. I am aware of this game. I've seen analysis videos in the past, so I don't remember too much of it, but I know the sort of thing I'm getting into. Um, there's another like one big overarching enemy that follows you around quite a lot throughout the game. Uh, yeah, he's showing up every so often, ominously foreshadowing the uh, yeah. final boss, of course. Honestly, after Condemned the other week, I've, I'm itching to go for the next horror game. So, yeah, man, strong shout. Looking forward to playing it and hopefully coming back next week and getting another W on the table. So Fantastic, man, and I wish you all the best of luck. With that, James, I think we've come to the end of the podcast. I think we're done for another week. What have we learned this week? This week... I have learned to not take medical advice or sign up to any medical procedures from individuals that I've met down the pub. Was that not the thing that I was supposed to have learned last week? It was. It was. It was. Okay, well, but, uh, noted this know. time, you know, this time I got no. Well, to be honest, man, a week, that's pretty good effort for you. So, you know. I retained that information. Solid seven days. You did. No, and uh, I don't know if that's fair. He seemed all right. He was all right. seemed like a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, all right, once you once you get past the grisly exterior and the the language barrier initially, Smell you know he's all right. Carcasses. Ah, bit of animal carcass. So as we draw this episode to a close, uh, I'd just like to say, uh, as always, a very special thank you to our listeners. We very much appreciate your support and interactions. We enjoy making this podcast every week. We're really looking forward to bringing a lot more new content to you in the future. We've had an absolute blast making these Halloween specials, and uh, we're looking forward to putting on some interesting projects for you guys somewhere down the pipeline. Thank you very much for your continued support. It 
means the world to us. Please do tell your friends. Please rate us five stars. Spread the word. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pod Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. And you can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. Or you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And you can find me on Twitter at MrBames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash MrBames underscore TPM. Well, James, I think it's time that we bring this episode to an end. Had a blast with you over this Halloween. We've been through a lot, man. I think we can return to a sense of normality next week. A brighter dawn, a nicer future. I certainly hope so. Be nice to put all this spooky nonsense behind us. Yeah, things are fine. At least. (laughs) 